0: Here for a moment. I know it's Mother's Day. We want to honor the moms we have, things we want to do, but like this is why we show up because He shows up. Like, this is it. So, He told the story of the disciples fishing all night at something they knew really well how to do. And then Jesus comes in the morning and says, Hey, throw your nets on the other side. It didn't make any sense. All right. I was also reminded of a story when David and his mighty men had been out and they came back to their town and their town had been pillaged and had been burned and their women and their children had been taken into bondage and his men were worn out and they looked at David and they were upset and David cried and cried out to God and repented. They were brokenhearted and David cried out to God and says, God, do we pursue our enemy? And God says, pursue and I will give them to you. And what I heard him say is like God, I'm tired. We've done all we know to do, like the fisher, the, do, the disciples fishing. We've done all we know how to do. Do we go again? And there's someone here like specifically, either here or watching on Facebook. and I think maybe you even thought that. do, do I do this again? Do I try again? Do I believe again? Do I hope again? Do I do the things I've already done before again? And the Lord says, yes, go again. Go again. And so I want you to pray for your neighbor. I want you to put your hand on your neighbor. I want you to pray over them. Prophesy. If it's them, the Lord's going to reveal it. They're going to ask for help or the Lord's going to reveal it. And you're going to break the wounds and the offense and the disappointment. God, we come right now and we break agreement with disappointment. We change the story today, God. We turn the page. It's a new chapter. There's a different ending and because you're the author, you know the end from the beginning. You can change it anytime you want. You can mess with time. And God, we ask for you, the author and the finisher of our faith, to restore our hope and to remove disappointment and discouragement and doubt right now. Break off right now disappointment. We revive them in Jesus' name. You are alive. Go again. We pour courage into your heart right now. Go again. It's okay. It's safe. Jesus says it's safe to go for it again, to believe again, to hope again, to try again, to even fail again. Go for it. There's grace in obedience. There's a grace in saying yes. Ooh. Even when you're scared, there's grace in saying yes. Ooh. Now, would you pray for God to infuse your neighbor with hope? Come on. In the days that we live in, those with the most hope will have the most authority. Come on. God, we speak right now for a hope infusion in this house. And everyone up here, God, a hope infusion. God, that in, no matter what anything looks like, we're the message of hope in the middle of all of it. Raise us up as hope messengers. Even the youth get tired and weary. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. Come on. You'll mount up with wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint. (laughs) Hope, the anticipation of good. Come on. For those of you that that word was for, you have hope now, which means you expect a good outcome because he said, Go again. Go again. Throw your nets again. Mend your nets and then go again. Bind up your wounds, dry your tears, and go again. There's hope. Come on. I expect good. Would you say that? God, I anticipate good because you're the author. And the finisher of my faith and all things, and all things work together for my good because I love you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Mm. Praise you, Jesus praise you jesus come on just love on him yeah he's here (sighs) anything's possible (laughs) yeah even that thing anything's possible would you say that god i believe anything is possible And nothing shall be impossible for you. You shall speak to this mountain, be moved into the sea, and it will happen. Because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Come on. Like, we're lions. We have a new saying in my house that Levi's learning, all right? So you may hear him say this. We're sheep. We're not sheep. We're lions. Sorry. Messed it up. (laughs) We're God's sheep, right? But... We are lions, we are not sheep. And I'm telling my sons that in a world of sheep, you're a lion. You're a leader. You're a lion. You don't have to go with the crowd. I want to pray for one more thing. <clears throat> just in conversation yesterday at my house, <clears throat> like this term just came out, and it's we obey whatever we fear. We obey whatever we fear. In our world today, everywhere is fear. And what fear does is it hurts people in a specific direction. And anything that we do in reaction to that fear is obedience. Like, if, if I'm, I'm scared to trust again, then I'm obeying my fear. If I'm scared to forgive someone, I'm obeying my fear and my unforgiveness. If I'm scared to, to go for it, to take a risk, I'm, o- I'm obeying my fear. But the Bible says that we're to fear the Lord. And if we fear the Lord, then we will obey him in every situation. And I believe that God has a word, a fresh word for all of us in every situation we're in. All of us are in some of the same places in life, right? Like we're part of a community, so we kind of have some similarities on where we're going. Like we're burning similarly. (laughs) But we all have our unique things, and we need a fresh word from God for us. And God wants to speak, and he speaks most often to people who obey. Like, he's a good father. So, he's not going to just give us a bunch of commands if he knows we're not in a place to obey them. Because he doesn't want to put on us the grief and the guilt and the sin of disobedience. This is true. So, like, I was thinking about this with, with Levi. We have three different ages with my kids, and it's very different parenting, right, involved. Like, I can't give him the same rules that I give Matthias or Josiah. It's just not, it's not setting him up to succeed. He can't possibly obey them. So as a father, I can only give him rules that he can obey. God's saying the same thing. Like, he's willing to speak into every area of your life right now. Like, very specifically, All he's looking for is the posture of obedience in our heart. And what it is is that, like, basically, it was when Samuel was called, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Like, before you tell me what you're going to tell me, I'm already ready to do what you say. (laughs) Like, I've already said yes before you give the command. Because I'm not saying yes just to the command. I'm saying yes to you. And I trust you. And anything you tell me to do, God, I'm going to do it because I trust you. <sighs> but God, it doesn't make sense. I trust you. God commands me. Tell me to come out on the water. Tell me to because I'm ready to obey you. Just tell me to step out of the boat, and I'll do it. Okay, well, come on. All right, here I go. That's what the Lord's looking for. But fear in other things will quiet his voice. And God, I, we talk about fear a lot because it's something that I've shared this. Like It's something that I feel like I have victory in. I've fought hard my all of my life to overcome fear, fear of man, uh, demonic fear, night terrors, crazy dreams and visions. And the Lord set me free from fear. And so when I feel or sense fear, and Matt's like that too, he's like, man, I just don't like fear. Anything that comes up in, in the political realm on either side, he's like, it just smells like fear and I don't like it. I'm like, I like that, Matt. I feel the same way. And I... I want us to only fear the Lord because we will only obey what we fear. You're like, well, how do I fear the Lord? Well, it takes a lot of just humility. And it it takes honest and open discussion with him. I'm just going to go for it, right? If I'm afraid to have the conversation with God, I miss out on his words of life. And some of us, fearful things or disappointing things or discouraging things that we've experienced in our life have caused us to shy away from the conversation. We shy away from the conversation with God and with other people. So like, well, we just don't talk about that in our home. We just don't go there. I don't have that conversation with Jesus when we pray. I'm too afraid to. And what we're doing is we're missing out on an opportunity for his words to give life and healing to us, like in two thousand and eight when when Mandy and I obeyed the Lord after a year of me telling him no <laughs> I was like, no, I ain't going i ain't do, I ain't leaving, I'm not doing that, and we said, "Okay, finally, a year of the Lord talking to me. I'm not proud of that, by the way, but it was my process. <laughs> I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> we said yes to the Lord. And we went We went to Arlington and we were pastoring there. And in that moment of breaking, like that was a really l- hard learning season for us. <laughs> and a prayer came out of it. And it was no shortcuts. Yeah. And nothing's off limits. No shortcuts. I don't want to shortcut God. Because when we take a shortcut, we miss really important information. We miss really important character development when we take shortcuts. And when we tell the Lord, hey, that's off limits, we we miss the same things. When that happened, breakthrough came. Breakthrough came in our marriage. I'm not ashamed to, to tell you, we struggled. It was really hard. It was a really hard season. I was a really stubborn person was a really hard person to love. And when we started praying that, no shortcuts, nothing's off limits, then the Lord began to say, "Okay. Let's talk about this." Well, I don't want to talk about that, but I do. And no matter what we do, you can't escape it. Everywhere you go, it comes up. You're like, "Man, why does the same thing come up everywhere I go?" It's the Lord's conversation with us. It's his mercy. It's his mercy. Like, but it hurts. I know. Absolutely hurts. But this is my scripture verse. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful, would you say that with me? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Like, if he tells us, we can trust him. I guess I want to ask you. Like, I know we've said yes to the Lord. I know that. But like, can we... Can we up our yes? Yeah, like, okay, we've said yes. I want to say yes even more. Yeah, like, I want to burn even more for you. This is what I wanted to talk about today, that, that we all have a specific identity, a, a burn identity that we have. And it's a way in which we burn for God. How many want to burn for him more? It comes from the fear of the Lord. And it comes from creating the altar for God. Amen? Last week we talked about building the altar. How many remember that? That we can't leave the altar. That we're supposed to put the altar at the center of the room. Hello? The altar. And it's supposed to be built the way God wants it built. And we're supposed to offer sacrifices that God wants us to offer. Amen? Amen. And it's our responsibility to build the altar, to bring the sacrifice But it's God's responsibility to bring the fire on the altar. This is what we're going to. I know today's different and I'm skipping everything we're supposed to do. That's fine. They handed me the mic, so I'm just going for it. (laughs) In Leviticus chapter six, verse 12 and 13, Leviticus six, verse 12 and 13 says, and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. Would you say that with me, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not be put out. And then it goes on and it says, and the priest shall burn the wood on it every morning and lay the offering in order on it. There's a specific way God wants it done. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering and fire shall always be burning on the altar and it shall never go out. Everyone say never go out. How many want a fire on the altar that you've created before God? Not, not my altar is a place of sacrifice. Your altar is a place of sacrifice. It costs you something to build that off altar, and it costs you something to put an offering on that altar. And it costs you something to keep the fire burning. Because I know there are a lot of us that have been serving the Lord a long time. How many have been serving the Lord for a little, bit, little while? And the things that we did that was a yes to God before, more may be required today than that. The things that were radical obedience in our past, now almost we do it without thinking about it. So it's no longer radical obedience, it's just it's kind of like you brush your teeth. You don't have to think about it, right? You just do it. There's a, I bet all of us brush our teeth the same kind of way I do. I have a pattern that I do every time I brush my teeth. That's just the way I do it. I don't, I don't want to think about it. It's just a pattern, right? And some of us have those with the Lord. When we've been walking with them for a long time, we have these patterns, and we don't really think about it, and, and, and we mean it. We love him. We're, we're not disobeying him, but our heart's not engaged in radical obedience. And it's not costing us what it used to cost us. And I know the gospel's free. Amen? I know salvation's free. Y'all agree? Y'all okay? Salvation is free, right? But to get the kingdom, you have to die. And we don't like to die. Or we don't like the feeling of death. Death. Is everyone still here? The kingdom costs us something. And he told his disciples one time, he says, he's teaching and he says, if, if you can steward earthly wealth, if you can steward the things I, I entrust you with, uh, into your care on earth, Then I will give you true riches. How many want true riches? That's the kingdom. And it doesn't come free. And we've been talking about this a lot over the last few weeks, and there's been a shift take place in this house. That's we're never gonna be the same. We're never going back. But the Christianity we've grown up in and the Christianity we've seen over the last few years is not the followers of Christ or the disciples that Jesus really wants. We've made it too easy. We've made it not cost a lot to be a follower because, we're like, well, we need more people in the room. Well, we need more people on fire. We need more people on fire. We need more people burning that know what it means to create an altar and to keep it at the center of our life and to care for the altar and to care for the sacrifice and to keep wood on the altar so that it burns and doesn't go out. How many want to be those people? I want revival. I'm going to end with this testimony. This is a testimony about this house. So, in my conversations over the last few weeks with leaders, with with people that come uh, every now and then, I've heard a common conversation We're hungry for God. We're talking, about, I'm burning for God. I hear it in our leadership meetings. I hear it in conversations with people I'm very close to. Oh, I'm burning for God. And then I hear it with people I don't see very often. And we start talking. Remember, a few weeks ago, we started telling the testimonies of what God's done in this house through the years—the things we've seen, the miracles. I, I was like, on the way out, uh, the Mitchums and I—we were talking up front, and he was like, "Yeah, my brother didn't believe that, that, that the power of God could fall on people and knock them out, and and he believes now because it happened to him back in the day when Al Fury came, and they lit up telling the story. Am I right, Ken's like that? My brother believes now. What that tells me is that we're all together. Everyone say we're all together. together. What happens when everyone's all together and in one place? You know where. Acts chapter 2 happens. And they were all together in one accord. And what happened? Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to all of them Cloven tongues of fire. And what happened? It set on every one of them. Everyone say all of them. <sighs> all of you get a flame. Everyone gets a flame. And you get a flame. And you get a flame. And you get a flame. Yeah, come on. Everyone. And then they begin to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And they begin to praise God. And they were filled with boldness. Boldness to be his witnesses, like Jesus said, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. How many want to burn? Come on. (sighs) Father, we're here. And we're together. And we're in one place. And we're in unity. We want the same things. Our expressions may be different, but what we want is the same thing. We want a move of God that doesn't stop. We want your fire to fall upon us, on our sons and our daughters. Come on. If your kids are in the room right now, just lay your hand on them. That fire would fall on your sons and your daughters that they may prophesy. Come on. Young people, you're going to prophesy. You're going to dream dreams, older people. We're going to see visions. And God, we ask for your fire to fall on us. We are fire life. You, you called us that for a reason. That's our name for a reason. We ask that you put the fire on us. You are in us for us, but you are upon us for other people. Holy Spirit, we love you. (laughs) You're a great comforter. Holy Spirit, you're the one who walks with us, the paraclete. You're our counselor, come on. You remind us who Jesus is and who he said we are. You release to us our inheritance. And so, God, I ask right now that you would send your Holy Spirit in this room on everyone. Baptize us in your Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's two encounters. We we have a, an encounter with Holy Spirit when we give our heart to Jesus. Well, that's for us. Then there's that second one that's for others. Holy Spirit, we love knowing you. We ask now that you would fall upon us in power. That we would speak your gospel. That we would set captives free. We release captives and prisoners right now. We declare it over this neighborhood. Captives are free in Jesus' name. Prisoners are free in Jesus' name. Marriages are healed in Jesus' name. Hearts are opened. The dead are raised. The unclean are made clean. In Jesus' name, righteousness falls on everyone. In Jesus' name, addiction is broken in Jesus' name. Chains are broken in Jesus' name broken hearts are healed. The lonely are put into families. Yes, Lord. Those without purpose are filled with purpose. Those without a cause are given a cause. Sheep are turned into lions. Little boys are turned into men. Come on. Little boys are turned into men. Little girls are turned into queens. Rise up, Esthers. Rise up, Esthers. We crushed the glass ceiling on women. We break off limitations. Come on, I want you to think of a mountain in your life or someone's life that you love and care about. And I want you to speak to that mountain to move. Mountain, be moved into the sea. Who are you? We don't fear you, mountain. We don't respect you. We tell you to move out of the way. You're a hindrance. Mountains be moved. Mountains be moved. The Bible says hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Fire goes before him and burns up all of his enemies. Mm. We declare in this house, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. The lion of the tribe of Judah reigns. Come on. to pray this over you this is acts chapter 4 verse 13 would you stand and we're going to close the service with our mother's day stuff all right and in our offering whatever else we got to do <sighs> acts chapter 4 verse 13 this is after the holy spirit fell upon them it says now when the men of the sanhedrin the jewish high court saw the confidence And the boldness as Peter and John were preaching. They grasped the fact that they were ignorant and untrained. They were ordinary men. (laughs) It says they were astounded. And they begin to recognize that they had been with Jesus. Jesus. You know, we're Pentecostal. We believe in tongues. We believe in all that stuff. But let me tell you, the mark that the Holy Spirit lives in us and is on us is that people can tell we've been with Jesus. Just we're different. The Passion Translation ends it like this. They begin to understand the effect that Jesus had upon them simply by spending time with him. Whew. And I declare that over every one of us right now, that just by spending time with Jesus, it affects us. (laughs) Come on. It affects us. It changes us into someone else. In the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit fell on someone, it turned them into another person. And then the Holy Spirit would lift off of them, and they would be the same person they were before. But in the New Testament, we're never the same. We're never the same. You're a new creation. (sighs) Sorry I've been screaming at you today. (laughs) Never be the same. Never be the same. Never be the same. Prophesy. Heal the sick. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. Raise the dead. Come on. Never be the same. Never be the same. Don't mourn anymore. No more mourning. Your weeping has turned to joy now. Come on. Whew. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Whew. We take off our, our morning clothes and we put on our robes of righteousness. And I declare we will never be the same because we have spent time with Jesus and he affected us. He marked He marked us with his name, come
1: on. Currier, a battur de Boschandaria, a batturia man at a basso, but he did a boschuria de veritable so parada. But We will never be the same. Mark us. Mark
0: us. Mark us. Come on. Pray over your family. God, mark my family. Come on. Mark my bloodline with your name. Graft us into the vine forever. Come on. To a thousand generations that fear you. Come on. Mark my bloodline, mark my sons, mark my sons with your presence, mark my sons with your anointing, mark my sons with your Holy Spirit, with your name, Lord. Mark our sons and
1: daughters. (sighs)
0: This is what we're doing intentionally right now. And so some of our, I want to speak to our young people that are in the room. Last week when you weren't in here, we began to talk about what the churches should look like. Like when we go away, like when dad stops preaching and hands it off to, to all of my sons or to your daughter, I don't know, whoever. We hand it off to our children. like, And they're like, oh, here's the keys to the car, right? Like what are they going to shape it into? Probably what we taught them to shape it into. So like I said, like they're going to, if we go by today's motto, it's like, well, we got to have lights and we got to have trendy buildings and we got to have, and I'm not against any of that stuff. Like, obviously I'm not against it. We got to have the trendy music. We got to have all this stuff. But that's not the kingdom being passed on. It's the fire of God. It's the altar. So young people, this is what we're passing to you. The altar and the fire of God. Like, be great at all the other stuff, but this is what matters the most. This is what matters, the presence of God. And you may not even understand what all this means. This would be a great talk on the way home or over the dinner table to just tell your kids, look, like, Mommy and Daddy love Jesus with all of our heart. And we want you to love Jesus with all of your heart. And we want your kids to love Jesus with all their heart. And this is how we do it. We have an altar. And we put sacrifices on it. And God brings the fire down and we keep the fire going. We don't become cold. We don't become lukewarm. How do we not become lukewarm? We tend to the things that matter. How do we become lukewarm? We tend to things that don't matter. How has the church become lukewarm? We've cared about all the stuff that doesn't matter. And we left the fire. We left the altar. We have to give our attention. We have to attend to the things that matter. And the presence is what matters. So God, I speak over every family here. Like, I know, God, you've given me an anointing to pass this through legacy from family to family to family. I've seen it in mine, and I know how it looks. I know how to do this. And, God, I ask right now that you would bless every family here with a lineage of your presence, with a rich heritage of your presence from generation to generation, and that they would know increase, and that we would press the ceiling up really high, and then that will become the next generation's floor, and then they will push the ceiling through struggle and through pain and through sacrifice, they will lift the ceiling higher, and then that will become the next generation's floor, God. We declare this in Jesus' name. You said we would declare a thing and it would happen, and today we declare this will be our our legacy, this will be our experience in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Siri just got saved, I guess. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) You guys are awesome. We love all of you moms. We do have gifts that we want to give to you, okay? All right? And so we're going to do it like we're going to close here and we're going to get in place and we'll give, give you gifts. But God wants to give all of you moms a special gift. All right? All right? So I want to pray over you right now. Why don't you pray? If you're close to a mom, why don't you just pray over them right now? Father, we thank you for the the moms that you put in our lives. (laughs) They care for us. They tend to us. They teach us. The best teachers are moms. That's why the schools are filled with moms as teachers. So thank you, moms. We bless you. We bless you for your sacrifice, <laughs> for doing without for doing without free time, alone time, privacy, all of this stuff that you miss out on with kids. We ask that God would pour blessing into your life, favor into your life, increase rewards into your life right now. Like Proverbs 31 says, God may their sons and daughters rise up and call them blessed. May her reputation be great at the city gates. We bless them right now in Jesus' name. Do something special for them in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to do this because I want to. We have recently become friends with someone who has a ministry to women who are wanting to become pregnant, husbands and wives that are wanting to become pregnant that haven't been able to. And I want to prophesy, God, we ask for births to come in Jesus' name. We ask for those that have not been able to give birth to children would have more children in Jesus' name. God, we bless their womb, we bless their marriage, and we bless them with the ability to have children in Jesus' name, God. We ask for testimonies to come from this. Come on. Nothing's impossible with you, God. Woo.
1: Amen.